and I want to show you the process to join a Google Plus. Hi, this is Iris, and we are starting the Nexodus Hacks with Tiffany Jones talk today. I'm excited to be able to um, bring a community manager into the conversation who has been um, implementing Nexodus across multiple locations for about a year and a half now and has an extensive amount of experience in um, making Nexodus work for all different kinds of situations within the Next Space model. Um, Tiffany's background is that she has about three years in co-working and has worked at a couple of different co-working locations. And at one of the locations, she used Cobot as well. So she has a fair amount of experience um, in co-working management software. And today, we're going to bring you the viewpoint of uh, using Nexodus for your uh, co-working space and doing so um, with, uh, you know, with all of the, the little crazy things that come up um, in the workflow of a co-working manager um, on any daily basis. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and welcome Tiffany. Welcome. Thanks, Iris. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share some of my knowledge and hopefully get a great conversation going about Nexodus and about co-working management platforms because I know it's a hot topic out there. Um, I get lots of inquiries about it, so I'm excited. Thank you for hosting me, and I hope I can answer everybody's questions, um, and we'll see how it goes. Great. Wonderful. Well, Tiffany, um, just for a little bit of background, um, Talk to us about um, implementing Nexodus across nine different locations. Um, you know, tell us, was this challenging? Um, were you on another system previous to Nexodus that you had to migrate off of? Yeah, so it, yes, it was challenging to answer your question. <laughs> um, we went through a lot of different scenarios of how we were going to do this. I mean, I, I won't get quite into all of the different how we even came to Nexodus, which was through tons of demos and talking to people and all of that. But once we decided on Nexodus, the, we were off to the races of how exactly were we going to do this. Um, we had nine locations at the time plus Next Kids, which was going to be a whole, a, a whole other beast to figure out. And we were also on a bit of a time crunch. We really needed the reporting from the system right away. Um, we needed to be on this, this, something like this years ago. So there was quite a big sense of urgency in, in getting this implemented, which was not very helpful <laughs> to have. Um, so we went through all kinds of different scenarios. Would we do one location at a time, two at a time, and then train those two people, and those two people would go launch another one? Or would we just do it all at one time? Or how are we going to do this? What we ended up deciding on doing um, was we did one location. We launched Santa Cruz. And um, we chose that space because I was working out of that space at the time. And I was going to be able to have a really great hands-on approach to launching it. Um, and then from there, we launched, uh, so we launched that last, it was around May of last year. Um, then in August, we launched a second location, uh, Berkeley. And then by October, we launched all the rest of them. So we kind of did this phased launch approach. Um, that was good on the one hand because we launched Santa Cruz and we got to see what that was even going to be like. Um, I really understood the process after that and um, got a good feel for exactly what it was going to take to launch all of the rest of our locations. 
um, because there's really three components you need to look at when you're launching uh, this software, really any software, I guess, is uh, staffing, so your training portion of it, how do you train your staff? Um, there's the member side of it, how are you gonna train your members and roll this out to the members in a healthy, productive way, not in a frustrating, negative sort of way. And then the third way is just the simple migration itself. How are you gonna handle that whole project? So really it's three big projects wrapped into one fun time. <laughs> um, and so that's what I really needed to get a handle on and a grasp on. And so we launched Santa Cruz. And then we made a decision um, when we were starting to launch Berkeley and the rest of them to not launch the full functionality of the system quite yet. So for us, that meant not launching the community board and the directory next. So we simply wanted to get the bare bones up where people could book a room and they could manage their membership um, and just get that up and rolling. And there were pros and cons also to that decision. Um, we've, we did end up launching the community board and the directory a couple months ago, so about um, you know six months after the first launch. Um, and so that the reason we did that is simply because the uh, support that was needed from our members when we launched in Santa Cruz um, around the directory and around the community board was so great. And um, because of staffing constraints, I didn't want to launch the rest of those things at eight other locations and not provide the right amount of support to our members and then have them be frustrated and annoyed by the platform from the beginning. And so we made that decision to sort of roll that out later. Right. Um, so that's how we launched it across all the locations. Awesome. Well, I really want to get um, to, you know, your, your plan and strategy around rolling it out to the members because we've got some questions from our viewers um, on that. Um, also some questions from members, co-working members about that. So, um, but before we do that, um, let's talk about the, the technical specifics just a little bit. Um, so, um, were you on another system previous to Nexodus that you migrated off of? Yeah, so we were on um, a system that we had built with a member beforehand. Actually, Iris, obviously you were heavily involved in that. Um, we called it. Not building of that. Uh -huh. Yeah, we did. And so, and I think that's what a lot of coworking spaces did in the past when you there was really nothing out there to support. A member management system you built what you could ours was built on a wordpress platform and it worked for what we needed um and to be honest i'm glad we didn't switch to nexus or any other software really before we did at this point because i think it would have been a lot more painful because systems just weren't where we needed them to be for our business mm -hmm. yet and it's arguable that they still quite aren't where we are where we need them to be yet um so yeah we were on a in-house a, a system we built in-house before this, um, and it worked fine, but it didn't give us the reporting that we really needed. Right, and so what, um, I know that Adrian's team really helps, um, you know, managers um, do the migration, and, and most of the time they'll actually handle that migration for um, their customers, but what kind of tricks do you have, or tips do you have, or um, just anything to watch out for when creating the data that Adrian's team will be using to, um, to set up um, the, the Nexodus, platform for your space in you know and and go ahead and include you know talking about how you set up teams versus individual memberships and resources and um, you know talk to us a little bit about the technical specifics around setting those aspects of the software up yeah so 
the first thing I would do is make sure that your data is as clean as possible. So I made sure that our community managers were going through and getting our current system as cleaned up as they possibly could um, for all active members. We started, we, we only migrated in the first round active members. We just said, let's just deal with members who are currently there and not any of the past members. We, we didn't migrate those over right away. Um, so clean up that data, make sure everything is as good as it can possibly be so that when you do that, get to the point of the final export, you don't have to keep going back and forth because that's where mistakes happen. That's where it gets messy. Um, I would also say to make sure that you have a very good understanding of every single field that Adrian's team is, is asking for and the format in which they need it. Um, so the first time we went, because, because if you don't have that, it's going, that's what's going to hold things up. So if you can understand what each field is and, and the date format and just, exactly what they're looking for. That is so key. Um, and that's why it was really helpful to do one location first and learn that. Um, and then for the rest of them, I kind of had this game going with Adrian where I was like, I'm going to get 100% on all this data. It's going to be exactly what you're looking for, um, which took a lot of work. You know, the, the naming has to be exactly the same everywhere. It has to, you know, if you have um, locker, a locker product added to certain price plans, that exact naming needs to match the product name that you've already given him so that it all can go in nice and seamlessly. Mm -hmm. So those are the two big things. Make sure the data is super clean and ready to go and totally up to date so you don't have to do that big export of all your data over and over again because it can get messy. Great. Thank you. Um, anything specific about setting up, um, you know, teams? Uh, I know that um, if, you know, Nexodus is so powerful that um, you really can do anything with it. And um, every co-working space, you know, I think there's, what, 10,000 around the world now, and, and that's almost 10,000 different models of, of co-working spaces and businesses. And Nexodus can meet the needs of a lot of those models, um, but it's really all in how you set up your products and how you set up your um, your, you know, teams versus individual memberships, um, and, you know, working through how those correlate, you know, if you have a team and they share conference room hours, um, but you also have an individual who's on that team and, you know, they use conference room hours for personal use, all of those complexities, um, sort of, you know, come out in the wash, it, depending on how you set up your, your initial build out. Yeah. So do you have any tips for us on that? So the way we dealt with that is we, so if there were special cases, we would put them in the category that they needed to just, we would put them in a category just to get them in the system. But we kept this list and we call them special members. <laughs> and so there was this whole, when I did the training, we had an offsite where I did training with our team. There was a whole section of special members and everybody would get out their special member list and we would go through and we'd make sure that that was all set up properly um, and figure out how to get that set up properly. And it was actually ended up being a really great training tool was this special members section because those were the situations where you had to go in and figure out what you were going to do with this person, if it was going to work. And that was a really good way to get in the system and start showing people how things are moving around and working. And it was a really good way for me to say like, how do you think we should set this up? 
what do you think we should do? You show me what we should do here. And so it ended up being a great training tool. Um, but that is what, that's what we ended up doing was just get them into the system in a certain category, but take note of that person and make sure you go back to them and set them up however you need them to be set up. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. I just want to pause for a minute and remind our viewers, um, if you have any questions, please go ahead and send them to me via Twitter, at Iris Kavanaugh. And um, I am happy to ask Tiffany any questions that um, our viewers have today. Um, let's go ahead and um, take a little shift away from the technical specifics and into, um, into uh, the rollout for your members. And then we'll backtrack and we'll talk about training the team um, because I think that's probably a pretty big piece of it, especially when you're doing a multi-location rollout. Um, but even if you have you know, three to four people in your space perhaps even members who um, you have agreements with who help you to manage your space, um, training is gonna be a really key issue to make sure that your operations are running smoothly through Nexodus. Um, so uh, what I'm curious about is, um, uh, you know, how you went ahead in, in engaging your members and you said, you know, your member buy-in, I'll, I'll use the term buy-in, was really, um, an important aspect of making sure that Nexodus succeeded for you in, in, in your community communication. Um, so what are the steps you took to, you know, bringing all the stakeholders to the table and really getting that buy-in? Yeah, so that was interesting for us because our location in Santa Cruz has been around, it'll, this is our ninth year, and so we have a community who is very invested in what we're doing and very opinionated for better or for worse. <laughs> and we knew that Santa Cruz was that location specifically was going to be its own special, special beast. And that's kind of why we started there too, because we wanted that feedback. So what we did was we made sure that we were communicating with our members as much as possible in every different way that this was coming, that we were excited about it. We made sure that we had the talking points down of how it was going to benefit them and how it was going to make their lives easier. Um, and we made sure to stay very excited about it too. So um, first we put signage up. We were, we were, when we were just having conversations with members, we would start talking to them about it. Hey, we're launching this new platform. It's going to be super exciting. Here's all the great ways that it's going to benefit you and your membership. Um, we're excited to get your feedback, so just get ready. So there was probably about a month at least of that just talking about it before they even saw anything. As it was getting built out and as the front end side was getting designed and built out, I would show certain key members and say, hey, can you take a look at this? Let me know what you think. Um, and you know, it was really helpful because that made people feel like they were involved in the process, which they were, and it also, um, helped us just understand what they were going to need. You know, our biggest asset in any co-working space, I'm sure everybody knows this, is our members and their and their thoughts and their feedback and how we can do how we can better serve them. So this was just a great stepping stone to that. Then when we were ready to launch, um, we actually hosted three, it was a big week, and we hosted three different um, uh, lunch and learn sessions, but they weren't just during lunchtime. So we did one during breakfast time, we did one during lunch, and then one during the later time of the afternoon um, to make sure that we could get 
as many people as possible. And we definitely filled the conference room. Lots of people came to every single one, mostly probably because there was free food, because that's just the best way to get anybody's opinion, free food. Um, <laughs> so we said, hey, breakfast, uh, bagels, and OJ come learn about the new system. And then we did pizza. And um, so what we did is we basically had people come in, we put it up on the screen, we walked them through all the new features and um, said, hey, we would love your feedback. We want you to get in and start using this. And that is the point at which um, we were not prepared. So we knew we would be getting some feedback. I just had no idea how much feedback we would be getting. And I was completely bombarded with um, great information, both through conversations, through emails, through phone calls, um, any way that people could get their opinions to me, they were doing it and it was really fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the key there was I, you know, I was the project manager on this and so I was having two different sides where I was on the one side working really hard to make sure the system was just running and smooth and we were operating on it and we had new, new people coming in and signing up and getting on the new system. And then on the other hand, supporting the members and funneling that feedback to Adrian and following up with them. And there's this crazy long thread on our community board of feedback coming through. Um, and so I quickly had to figure out a, how was I going to organize this information in a way that was useful? So I created um, an Excel spreadsheet with different tabs, you know, uh, feature requests and bugs and just all the different things that were coming in so that I could track it and shared that with Adrian and he was great in going in and helping me through that. Um, but the biggest point that I want to make and that I had to work on personally was making sure that no matter where my brain was at, as far as frustration level or overwhelm or wherever it was, I needed to be really, really open to people's feedback because it only takes one time for you to get defensive or just not be open to that for that person to never come back to you again. And now you've lost that opinion. Mm -hmm. And so if there's anything that I would tell you throughout that whole process of launching it to the members is just trying your best to be as open as possible to that feedback and not getting defensive and practicing good body language and having a really great system to put that through. So for me, what was successful was as I was tracking feedback, I was tracking the person's name who gave that feedback. And then I was doing my best, the best that I possibly could to personally get back to that person and say, hey, based on your feedback, we've now launched this great new feature or we fixed that bug. Huge shout out to so-and-so and I would do it on the community board so that people knew that their opinions and their feedback was super valuable to us and that we were actually doing something with it. Mm -hmm. um, so that is, and that's continuing to this day, um, <laughs> that feedback. Which you're, is still, you're still getting feedback. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And um, did you when you rolled it out to the additional locations, did you mirror the process or did you take your learnings that you had from rolling it out to your initial location to the members um, and then apply those learnings and do it a little bit differently at each um, subsequent location? Yeah, so 
like I mentioned before, we didn't, because of that onslaught of feedback, and most of it was most was about the community board and the directory, mostly about the community board, because that was, that was the huge shift for us. We were using an email address that was for our communities internally, and we're not asking them to use this community board. And when we jumped on it, it was not where it is now. And there were a lot of changes that needed to happen for people to be happy and to use it. And now it is a very busy, really awesome community board. But um, I say that because when we launched the rest of them, we, we chose not to launch the community board in the directory because of this reason. And so that was the shift that we made where we thought we would launch the whole thing to the rest of the spaces, but we learned we are not ready. We need to launch all the rest of them, but we weren't ready from a staffing standpoint to take now eight locations worth of that type of feedback and handle it in the right way. I didn't want to, I didn't want to screw that up. Mm -hmm. um, so we decided to just launch the bare bones and then later on just literally just a couple months ago we released the community board in the directory and we did the same thing we had the spaces talk about it to their members tell them what it was like we made sure our staff was trained up on how it all worked but then I will say this one thing to be really careful of is make sure your staff is bought into this too make sure that when um, your community members come up to your staff and they say like, hey, you know, what's up with this community board? Your staff is fully trained and fully informed on why we're doing it, why it's exciting, the value it adds. And so they're not like, yeah, I know, it's, it's just this thing we're doing. Like, if you have that attitude, it's, it's going to be death to whatever you're trying to do with this. Mm, so great, making great. sure the staff is trained and bought in is, is the first step to making sure your community is going to be trained and bought in. Um, so we've had several questions from our viewers, um, and I think you've answered most of them, but just in case you have anything else that can come out with this question, I'll ask, what tiny, what tiny differences made the big difference during the switch to the members, for the members? Um, yeah, I, I think it really goes back, you mean tiny differences in the way we handled it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think so, yeah, in the decisions that you made. And I know you've answered some of this, but if that calls up anything else that you can offer our viewers um, as they make the switch to their members and bringing their members on board that might assist them um, in getting, you know, buy-in and, and, and frankly, being able to understand that, um, you know, your members' feedback is your most valuable tool in um, making this software work for your community. Yeah, I think that from the beginning, we were so very much encouraging feedback and helping people understand that I have a direct line to the developers of this product and your feedback is so very, very valuable to us. And without it, we can't change this because you're the ones who are in it, using it every single day, and you're gonna see things and experience things that I'm just not gonna see and experience. And if you can give me, if I, I would tell people, and I still do, if something frustrates you, just tell me. Like, Don't try and work through it and then give up and then move on and, and be annoyed with it and be annoyed with the system. Just pass that, just send it along. However you want to get that information to me, just get it to me. And that way I can do something about it. Um, if you just continue to repeat that, and like I said, do your best to, to truly be open to that and, and try not to get defensive about it, because it can be hard, you know. 
you're working on something and a lot of the times I will tell you like 95% of the time the complaints that people will have are simply user error like mm -hmm. they will immediately think there's a bug in the system and I'm like no it's actually just this and they're like oh yeah you're right I'm like mm -hmm. so just <laughs> keep them positive with that and just exploring it um, and just letting your members know that you you can make a change it's not like this is Google and who knows when something will change that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Great. So. We just got a question um, from our viewers. Um, interesting question. Um, approximately what percentage of members have currently published their profiles to the Nexodus directory? That's a great question. Um, I don't know the answer. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that we're working on is making sure that people understand how valuable that is and where that comes in is onboarding your new members i mean you there's a whole there's two different sides you know telling your old your, your current members about it but when you onboard new members what i like to do is show them the directory and sh and do a search like hey if you're looking for someone who could help you with your wordpress website all you have to do is type in wordpress and look these four profiles show up and then you can message them directly. I said it's a great resource for you to find people, but on the other side, it's a great resource for people to find you and do business with you. And so just constantly encouraging people to look at the directory, search the directory, and find people through there um, is what's going to help you get that percentage higher. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, um, how many people have set that up, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and so have you chosen to make your directory public, or is it internal only? It's internal only for now, and that has been also a source of discussion with our members is on the one hand, you know, um, they could get a lot of value of their, with their profile being public through our site. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, there's a lot of value in that being private, and that's what you pay for, part of what you pay for as with your membership at Nextbase, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we have a network of about 1,200, 1,300 members that, if we were to just make that all public, you kind of lose a lot of the value in, in your membership there. So it, yeah, it, it goes back and forth. Um, because I can really see, um, you know, having uh, members having profiles that are public would increase, um, you know, obviously um, hits for them um, in their business offerings would be an added value to, you know, being a co-working member um, right. in that the, the co-working space serves as a marketing arm for you. Um, and also I would imagine that, you know, the types of searches and hits that people would be entering that you would, that Nexodus would call, um, you know, would be, would be answering through Google juice, um, would increase SEO to the Nextspace website as well, right. or at least to the Nextspace um, domain in, in some fashion. So yeah. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, um, kind of question of, of how to handle that. Yeah. Um, Great, and I, I'm curious how you train your staff. Um, I know Nexus has, or excuse me, Nextspace, they're so close together. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, orange, which has been funny. Yeah, I know that there's been um, a fair amount of new staff come in in the past year since Nexus has been um, implemented. And I know you just got back from a, um, a Camp Nextspace week where you trained a bunch of new recruits. Um, so how do you train your staff now that you have this powerful tool, which has this powerful directory? Um, 
um, in, in kind of keeping to the, I will call it in this case, old fashioned community manager values of really knowing everybody in your space and being that directory for people, you know, really encouraging your team to continue to offer that human touch. Um, you know, over the years in my research um, with hundreds and hundreds of members, what I have found is that um, while they constantly ask for a technology option that will allow them to know who's there and who's in the community, they don't ever want to lose that high touch experience um, of connecting with the community manager and the community manager then connecting them with a member. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there were a couple questions in there. Mm -hmm. So the training part, um, there's the training part in the directory and the community type. So let me talk about the community first. With the what's been really exciting to see with the community board is actually a lot more activity. So like I said before we had an email list and the problem with the email list was that if there was a thread of a conversation going on that you didn't want to be a part of, there was no way to get out of it. The only way to get out of it was to unsubscribe from the email list completely mm -hmm. or to filter it or do something in your email to to just make it go away. Um, and that was really frustrating. We saw a lot of people unsubscribe because of that. And so then it ended up just being this certain group of people that would stay on this list and not really including everyone. What's really cool about the community board is that you can mute, you can follow, you can, well, those are the two biggest things that you can do that answer this problem. And so because of that, we see a lot more people on the, the community board and a lot more people responding. And it's really fun to see the questions that come out. It's everything from, hey, I have a job posting. Who'd be interested in this lunch and learn? I'm thinking about teaching basic Mac security and everybody answering to that. Um, and so I think that in a way, the community board has helped a lot with building community. And um, it's been really fun to see people connect in ways that maybe they would have never connected in the space because one person's in an office in a corner usually and another person is in a workstation in the other corner of the building. And you can try and get them to connect, but maybe they're never both at happy hour. And so it's just offering that extra way of people to connect. So I don't think anything has changed in our jobs in the day-to-day -day of being basically professional networkers and connecting people and helping people make those introductions that we know that they really need to make because they would be such a you know great fit with each other. Um, but it's just another way that people can make those connections organically without us having to always facilitate it. Um, so that's been super exciting to see is it's just another tool in our toolbox. And I wouldn't say that it's taken away from any of that um, direct connection that we do. Um, do you want to jump into the training or do you have any more? Um, I think you answered the question. I was really talking about training um, your, your team and, in, in, you know, continuing to be those connectors. Um, yeah, so yeah. I do have another question um, about the community boards. What kind of tips do you have for people in setting up community boards? Did you set up just one or did you set up one for each sort of category that you thought people might be interested in? Did you allow members to set them up or to make suggestions? So do you mean like using the groups feature? Um, so in terms of um, threaded or in terms of places where conversations can happen, is there just one giant board or one giant group, if you will, um, where all um, messages um, you know, funnel into, or do you have job boards? Um, do you also have, you know, sort of 
I know in the old NextSpace list system, there was the biz list, which was a global list across all locations, and, mm -hmm. and, and it was very heavily moderated, and it was only about um, business, no sales allowed, so on and so forth. And then each individual location had what was called a community list, and, and members were encouraged to post anything from, you know, happy cat videos <laughs> all the way through to inquiries on, you know, the best local eateries or dentists in the area and so on and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. So did you mimic that, um, that formation when you set up the Nexodus um, community platform, or did you, do you just have one large, um, basically, conversation platform that everybody can can talk to each other you know at all locations yeah so now that the dust has sort of settled from launching this and training and all that kind of stuff that is definitely the next thing I'm excited to tackle and and refine and make mo better because the way that it's set up right now is each location has its own so we call the front end of, of um, of Nexodus, we call it Space Station. And so um, each location has its own Space Station account. Um, and But you can toggle between locations as a member. And so there's a community board set up at each location, so it's location specific. Um, and there we still do use the biz list that you referenced, which is an email list that goes out to all locate all members at all locations unless they've unsubscribed from it. Um, however, we are looking at setting up a global Nextspace account where it's not specific to one location. It has a directory of all of our members, has a community board that goes out to all members. Um, and the reason we haven't done that yet is because we um, are working with Adrian right now to set up a way for members to control those notifications. So right now there's no way to do that. The only notifications they can control are on their lo location-specific community boards, whether they want notifications at all, they want the daily digest, or they want, want a notification after every posting. Um, there is no currently no option to say, okay, what do you want on the global community board? Do you want to be notified you know, daily or whatever. So that's the only reason we, not the only reason, but that's one of the challenges that we have right now that we're working through with Adrian is how can we get our members to have those notifications. So that's the way it's set up at the moment. I would love to be utilizing their groups function a little bit more. We have all kinds of ideas of what types of groups um, uh, of content that there could be as far as job postings, um, uh, like a Craigslist type of thing. And what's been cool is to watch, um, is to see organically what's coming out of the postings and build it off of that rather than us just assuming what it probably will be. So once we do launch it, we'll have over a year's worth of postings that we can look through and pull categories out of to create groups for our members. And I think that'll be helpful. Um, but again, we're gonna be soliciting members feedback to see if that is even something they want. Um, or if they're okay with just a general community board. But from what we've heard so far, that is something that they would like. And to go even deeper, they think it would be nice to subscribe to different things. So if there is a jobs board and you are looking for a job, you can subscribe to get an email after every posting has happened. Once you found one, you can just unsubscribe from that board. So I think that the community board and that communication tool is something that Nexodus should really be trying to build out a lot more because I think it can be a lot more powerful than it currently is. So I'm excited to move to that next phase of, of this project. Great. Thank you. Um, finally, um, 
I, I would like to ask, um, Nexus can do a lot. It's a super powerful platform, um, which really can be used to, you know, handle a lot of different models and co-working. Um, that being the case, a common critique um, is that because it can do so much, the UI um, can be um, challenging. You know, it's not completely intuitive for teams. Um, what's your take on this? Has, has the UI been a challenge for your team? Have you received member feedback about this? Um, what has your work been with Adrian um, through this process? Yeah, yeah, it has been challenging, both from the admin side and from the, um, the front end side for the members. And the only thing, you know, that we can do, like I said, is just continually submit feedback. And Adrian's team has been really good about taking that feedback and doing something with it. And if something is hugely um, problematic, I make sure to let him know, like, hey, this is a pretty urgent situation for us. Like, um, and it, it's really not intuitive and it's causing issues. And the biggest issue that, you know, when it does become urgent, I think is when, you know, it has to do with money. And we are charging people on accident. We're not meaning to because the way that it's set up is not intuitive. And our team, our staff is struggling with thinking it's going to be one way because it kind of looks like it's probably going to happen that way, but then it doesn't. And then someone gets double charged or someone doesn't get charged for months or, you know, things like um, that. That's where it becomes problematic. And that's where I'll really raise the level to urgency. Um, but yeah, I won't lie that that has definitely been a challenge and just for a minute. What was that? You cut out, you, you cut out for just a second there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so um, just tracking back. So that has been a pretty big challenge, the financial um, aspect. Um, and so break that down for us a little bit. What have you done to um, overcome those challenges in training your team um, and in working with Adrian? Yeah. So in training our team, the, I've made sure that they understood what when someone's going to be charged and how that happens. So the biggest piece of advice I could give you when you're training your team on things like this is to try and ex try and show them how the system is working from from a bigger picture standpoint. So rather than like step by step by step of how to do this, that and the other, which is you also need that but understanding why something's happening the way that it is that way when they're in a situation they can think like oh you know if i do this i know that the system works this way so it's probably going to do this and this and then end up doing this and is that what i want um and i think finding little ways to um reinforce certain um certain checks and balances along the way. So for example, my team knows that when you create a contract and you click save, you always go back in and check it again, always, no matter what. I don't care how good you think you did, how quick you're getting at it, how good you are, you go back and you check that contract because there are things that can happen that are unexpected and you just need to go back and make sure that it looks okay. Um, and so they all do that now. In the beginning, that wasn't the mantra because I just didn't know it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was causing a lot of issues. <clears throat> and so if you can find things along the way like that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to just train your team on, then they'll do that and it will help cut down on the mistakes and, and people being misled by certain things. Um, also making sure that they understand what are the really important things to look at. Um, like for example, we're going to get into the nitty gritty in the contracts, making sure you're looking at the renewal date and you tell people the renewal date is synonymous with the next invoice date. 
So whatever that renewal date is, is when the next invoice is going to come up. And as soon as the next invoice comes up, they're going to get charged. So just making sure that you're letting people know those really important points to be looking at and to be double checking is super important. Great. Great. Um, so let's, let's um, transition fully into training then. Um, talk to us about the steps that you broke the training down into and, and how you, um, you know, how did you handle a big training and then how do you handle follow-up training with each individual team member? Yeah. So yeah, training was and continues to be something that we're really discovering and figuring out how to do it the best way because the system is such that you can sit someone down in a room for a whole day and explain all kinds of stuff to them. But in reality, the best way they're going to learn it is by just doing it hands-on, just being in the space, dealing with the weird situations and having to, to figure it out. But that's hard when you have you know, locations spread out all over the place and there's only one of me and I'm trying to get other people up to my level so that they can help. Um, so the way that we did it was, and I don't know if it was the best way, was we got everybody together. We did an offsite, everybody together. And I didn't have much time. I had about four hours with two sets of staff members. And this is just the way that we had to do it, unfortunately, with time and money constraints. And I sat with them for four hours. And what I tried to do, again, was explain the bigger picture. I spent most of my time trying to explain how the system is working and why it works a certain way and why it does things a certain way. <clears throat> And then I broke it down into the most important things they needed to know. Like, how do you charge a day pass person? And what do you need and how does that work? And let's practice it. Um, and then I showed them how to set up a contract. And at the time, the contract feature had just been released like a week before I did this. So I was still even learning that at the time. Um, so that was a little bit challenging. Uh, but just the contracts, the day passes, and then we went over the special member situation that I mentioned previously. So any of our special members that came over from our last system that were special situations, that was hugely helpful for training because it was a real person, it was a real situation, and we had to figure it out together. And I tried to make them figure it out while I watched them. And that was really cool too. So those were the three key things that I did during my first training, day passes, um, contracts, well, bigger picture, day passes, contracts, and then the special member situations. And then ongoing from there has just been live support through our Slack channels. Um, I've tried, especially in the first couple months, I tried to make myself very, very available via phone call, text, email, Slack, whatever it was. And what I told my team was, just call me. If you have a question, if you don't understand it, I would rather you call me and we work through it then you do something and accidentally do something you don't mean to do. And the worst, worst case scenario is charging someone when you don't mean to charge them. Yes. That's an awful situation. Oh, it's <laughs> the worst. And it, it continues to happen, you know, and there's, there's an, I do have an idea of how I can try and prevent that a little bit more, but it gets better as people learn where to look and, and really understand why that's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, any other training um, tips that tidbits that you have for us? Yeah, so what we are doing now um, 
is I've built out what I'm calling our Nexodus assessments. I know it's a super sexy name, um, <laughs> but I put our campers through it these last three days, and it was it was our first test to see how this would go, and I think it's going to be pretty successful for us. And what it was basically is there's probably going to be maybe three of these, and Nexodus assessment one is called the basics, and it's a set of questions and. I had everybody sit down, there was three of them, and, and two of them had been with us for a month, one of them has been with us for like six months now. So I said, just answer these questions, it's not a test, it's not, you know, you're not getting graded, nothing's gonna happen, I just wanna see where you're at. So I asked some questions of things that I thought people should know at this point, mm -hmm. but I've discovered that I need to be really careful with assuming what people should know, or may know and may not know. Um, and that was really, really, really good information for me. So we were able to look at everyone's answers and see where we were varying, what was wrong, what was right, and see, oh my gosh, I thought everybody knew this, and they don't, and they don't have a good understanding, so let's focus on that. And so now I think we're going to be doing that to our broader staff of making sure that we're all on the same page. So the set of questions is going to be different for everybody of what you guys are doing. Um, some of them will be similar, like what's a product versus a charge? Explain that to me. Mm -hmm. None of it was multiple choice. They had to write it all in there. Um, tell me the steps for setting up a team. And I would, so next to assessment two was situations. Like you have a team, they come in, there's this, 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 and this. How would you set this up? And seeing what people do, and they weren't allowed to use any resources. Um, they weren't allowed to use their training manual, nothing. They just had to write out what they thought they would do. So those have been really helpful for me um, and in assessing where our team is at and where we need additional training. So that's sort of where we're moving into now. Great, thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanna just um, switch gears to um, a question from the audience. And um, the question is, does Nexodus or does Nextface use Nexodus as a lead management tool as well as community tool? And if so, how is the experience with that? Lead management as in people coming into the space, like mm -hmm. as the ambassadors. So as you as you have an email come in um, inquiring about, you know, a membership or as you have a call, um, you know, somebody calls and they're like, hey, I heard about Nextface. Tell, tell me about it. You know, what does it take to join? you would then use Nexodus basically um, as a CRM to, you know, or a lead tracking software to then track those leads um, um, and be able to respond to them. So it does have the MR, you know, the member record management feature. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, th this um, viewer is asking, um, whether or not you use that functionality for lead generation, which I, I believe would be using the contacts functionality rather than the members functionality. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't say we use it super specifically for lead generation. I mean, if someone calls in and is just asking questions, um, we wouldn't put them in the system. We could. Um, the, so the way we do use it in this sense is everybody when they come into the space has to sign in um, mm -hmm. unless they're a card carrying member. Even if they're using day passes, if they're a, on a tour, um, most cases, you know, people need to sign in. Mm -hmm. And in that case, like let's say they're on a tour, we do ask for their name and how they heard about us. Those are required. And then um, 
an email address is optional. And if they fill that in, then we put them into the system as a contact. Um, because to create a record in the system, um, there's two different things. There's a member and a contact. So everybody's a contact. And the way you become a member is if you have an active contract. Um, and so uh, if you become a con to become a contact in the system, we need their name and their email. So if someone calls and is just asking questions, they're probably not super likely to give me their email address. Mm -hmm. They might, and I could ask for that, and maybe that's something we do need to look at more. Um, but what does happen is if you sign someone up as a contact in the system, they get an auto-generated email that says, hey, a new account has been set up for you in the space station of NextSpace. Here's all the great things you can do. You can book a room. You can do this, that, and the other. Um, and so I think you just want to be careful with how that process is going. And it's not something that we've honestly had the time to fully invest in. All of like lead generation, the cool features of the community board, all of these cool things there is the direction we're now starting to move into now that we're feeling a lot more comfortable with it being settled into our team and into our staff. Um, and so I'm excited to look into how, how Nexodus can help us with that because I think that we could be utilizing that better. We just aren't. So hope that answers their question. Great, thank you. <laughs> maybe, we'll do, maybe we'll do this part two. Yeah, <laughs> down the line. So, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so I'd like to dive into a little bit more particulars too about um, the technical aspects of um, the setup and the usage. So, um, you know, purely from a technology perspective, co-working sort of a funny beast when it comes to membership products, um, especially if um, a, a co-working space offers private offices or has teams that come in and have team memberships versus individual memberships. So take us through sort of one of your, pick your favorite trickiest membership scenario, um, and then tell us about the hacks you were able to employ to get the system to work for you in that scenario. Yeah, so I was thinking about this question, and it's been interesting because I don't like having to do hacks. I don't like workarounds because if, if I'm having to create a workaround, it should just be there then at that point. So I thought of, there's like, there's a lot where we did have to do workarounds that are now fixed by Nexodus. So I don't know if you want me to mention those, but so then I was trying to think, well, what sort of hacks are we still doing? Um, one of the ones that came up was if, I think you mentioned it a while ago, is if you have a team and one of the members wants to use a space personally, as in they want to book their own conference room or maybe they want to buy a day pass for their friend. Right now, the way that it's set up is you have a team, there's a payer, anybody on that team, anything they do is paid for by the payer. And there's no way to tell the system, hey, this team member wants to charge a day pass to their own credit card, not to that credit card. And there's just no way to do that. And mm -hmm. so the workaround that I've talked to Adrian about and what we've done, and the situation comes up pretty infrequently, but it has come up, um, is that person needs to create a different profile with a different email address. And so they are not at all associated with the team. It's the same name, but it's a different, maybe it's their personal email address and they have a different profile to do that. The danger in that is that they might forget about that situation. And so they may go to log in and book a conference room and they're meaning to do it under their team, but they're in their personal and then they get charged for it. Even though, you know, it's telling them you're going to get charged. They just mm -hmm. think, Oh, I'm in my team. And so it can get sticky around that. 
So it's really not ideal, but it's one of those situations that we've had to create a hack for and a workaround. Right. Are you able, in that instance, are you able on the back end to just switch those hours over to the team or do you actually have to refund them and then book it for them? Yeah. Um, allocating them to the team. Okay. There's no pretty much, I can't think of any situation. There's, there's no movement of things like that. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if a, if an invoice gets created on a member's account and you want to move that invoice to a different member's account, you, you can't just do that. You have to, you have to get rid of the invoice and create a new one on the other person's account. So maybe that's something that would be really nice to have is move these conference room hours to this person, move this invoice to that person. Um, there's none of that yet happening. Great. Yeah. Um, next question. So talk to us about reporting. Um, have you found that the financial reporting needs meet your accountant's needs? Um, and, um, you know, what kind of work did you do with Adrian to make the system work for you? I know next space has a big, you know, network of spaces, um, you know, has some specific requirements, maybe more than a, a, a single space would have in terms of accounting. Um, but I think just in general, everybody wants their accountant to be happy when they hand them their books at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that this has been an interesting spot for us. Um, you know, the system, no, when we first started, a lot of work needed to be done in order for our accountants to get the information they needed quickly and easily. And for that to translate into QuickBooks and to translate into any of the tools they were using. Um, and this is an ongoing conversation. So um, I know that one issue that our accountants have had a big problem with is this thing where the system reports that an invoice is due two days from now or 37 days from now or in some of the dates. And if you hover your mouse over that two days from now, it tells you the exact date and time. Whereas they're like, just tell me the day and time. I don't want to know that it's three days from now, seven days from now. I don't want to like have to think about that. Just tell me when it's due or when it was due. So that's one of the small things. Um, the reporting is so robust. Like there's so many different reports that sometimes it, that's a good and a bad thing. You can you can find a lot of information in all kinds of different ways, but sometimes it can be hard to find exactly what you're looking for. So I know that our accountants have gone back and forth a lot with Adrian about, hey, it'd be great if it could say this instead of that. And, um, and so there has definitely, and there continues to be a big conversation around that. Um, it's pretty, uh, the good thing about it is that if you need a report created, they can create a custom report for you. Or if it's something they think that every client would want, they'll just create that report. Because if the data is there, it just needs to be told to be put into a report, obviously, you know, and spit it out for you. So that is the good thing. And I mean, I, as we start to wrap up, I will say that that is, the best thing about Nexodus is that I feel confident that my, you know, our team's requests and um, our needs are, you know, I know that they will be met. Like, you know, maybe not in the exact time frame that I am hoping for if we had our own dev team and I'm like, this is urgent, I need it done by next week, you know, but if I let Adrian know like, hey, this is a really, really big deal for us and it's doing this, this and this and we're losing revenue because of it or whatever the situation may be, I feel confident that they they get on it really quickly and they help us work through it because they know that if we're struggling with it, 
probably other people are struggling with it. And so it's a really great symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've found Adrian um, to be incredibly responsive and, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes I wonder when he sleeps actually. Exactly. I'm like, do you have a life? Like, do you, what do you do? <laughs> um, you know, super friendly, super helpful, um, always willing to just perform the task um, f for the, the co-working manager rather than have the co-working manager perform the task. Um, and, and so I've always appreciated that about Adrian and his team. I've also no noticed over the past year and a half as um, Nextface is onboarded onto Nexodus that there's been a lot of changes made in the system. I mean, you guys have produced a lot of, you know, good feedback for them. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's been a great partnership in, in that. Um, I want to touch really quickly on conference room um, before we head out, <laughs> because yeah. I think that, you know, conference room booking is a, is a universal issue for spaces, yeah. um, especially those who sell their, their, um, conference rooms or even their, you know, event space to non-members, um, through liquid space. So how do you manage the external and internal, um, booking of conference rooms, um, using Nexodus? Ah, conference rooms. This was one of those things that I, again, underestimated. Same with member feedback, the conference room issues. I had no idea what was about to come. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Liquid Space and Exodus did connect with one another. And there is what seemed like an amazing, cool Google Calendar that they put in the middle. Um, and we used that for a while. However, it broke several times, many times. And sometimes it was Nexodus. Sometimes it was liquid space. Sometimes it was our fault. But at the end of the day, it didn't really matter whose fault it was. You had a member and you had a customer, you know, an outside customer standing in front of you, both very upset because they've both booked the same room and now you have a problem. And on the ground, that is just such a, terrible situation for our community managers to be in. Um, you're scrambling, you have unhappy people, and it's just frustrating. So we actually ended up cutting liquid space out for right now. We don't see this as a permanent solution. We would love to have liquid space back in. We've always had a great relationship with liquid space. And this is not to say that they've done anything wrong or bad, but it, the situation got to a point where we simply could not afford any more double bookings. It was not okay and we had to do something. And so we ended that for now. We paused it basically. We still have day passes up there and we're still very supportive of them. And what we do now is when people come to our website and they want to book a room, it takes them directly to Space Station. Am I still on? Yeah, okay. Um, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it takes them directly to Space Station and they can book a conference room through there. And, you know, to be honest, the perk of that is that their information is put right into our system. We get 100% of that income. And so that's been good. However, that goes back to the user interface um, talk that we were having where I was a little leery to be sending all the public to Space Station and see them interact with the booking calendar because that's still not super awesome the way that UI is set up, the way you like click on a time and then it takes you to the 15 or 30 and the, that calendar mm -hmm. is still kind of wonky and not where I would want it to be. But it has solved the double booking issue for now. 
So that's Great. sort of where we're at with that. I know it's an issue. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I know that this is something that Liquid Space is looking at. I've, I have um, spoken directly with Eric um, yeah. about that. And so um, I know that they're going to be really trying to work with that with Nexodus users as well. Yeah, it's not well, ideal. Me. We've loved them. And it's, it's a bummer. So, but we hope to come back. We definitely hope to come back. Um, so finally, um, if you could make one suggestion to Adrian and the Nexodus team for an overall improvement, what would that be? Um, yeah, I thought about this one too. I, I think it's just the, the thing that everybody talks about is the training. I think that, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how useful it would be for maybe users to have a forum that they could go to to get help. Or um, one of the things that really kind of bums me out right now is I know there's a lot of things that Nexodus offers that we're not using. And I'm bummed about that because I want to know about it, but I don't know what I don't know. And um, I know there's this great thing with webhooks and with um, being able to have, you know, where some, an action happens in Nexodus or an action happens outside of Nexodus and that triggers something. And, and I want to know what all those cool processes are and the way that people are using them. Um, so just better training and better knowledge of features. I think that one of the things that happens to Nexodus is that they roll out great features and they can't keep up with themselves. Like they can't, Sometimes I'll discover we've we've asked for a feature and then I'll discover that it's there magically and I, I didn't know, like, you know, it just wasn't communicated. And I'm like, well, how long has it been there? You know, so <laughs> I think just better training, better knowledge sharing um, is gonna be there is gonna be huge for them if we can somehow get that going. Yeah. Great. Maybe a Slack channel is a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right. Yeah. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for your time today. And, yeah, thanks for having um, me. All of the knowledge that you've shared with us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Good luck out there to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Iris. Thank you. Um, and thank you, everybody, for watching today. Um, I know that if you have any feedback for Tiffany, you can send it to her at tiffany at nextface.us. And, of course, Adrian is always looking for um, feedback and, and suggestions. And, you know, as we mentioned, is incredibly um, quick to respond. So um, please, if you ever have a, an issue with your software, reach out directly and, um, you know, and ask him to, to give you some help in that. And um, maybe it's time for the co-working spaces to um, who use Nexodus to create a community. Um, maybe you can use Slack or a Google group, or hey, maybe you can use Nexodus to do so. Ooh. And um, talk to each other, share tips and best practices. Um, really appreciate having you all here today. And we'll see you again next week at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Talk soon. Bye.